The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 349, powered by Rageworks, broadcasting live Thursday, April 14th, 2016. I'm your host, Rich, and our call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number, 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show where I give my take on MMA, pro wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. We broadcast live every Wednesday and Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. On Wednesday nights, we focus on MMA and wrestling, and Thursday, we go into gaming and entertainment. Uh, You can watch this show live on mtrlive.com. We are also simulcasting video on Twitch, Vaughn Live, StreamUp, Restream, and a host of other video streaming services. Audio is streaming via Mixler, which you can listen to on MTR Live as well, or you can get the official Mixler app for Android or iOS and punch in My Take Radio or Black is the New Black if you want to check out Ben and Taylor's show, and you can listen live via your mobile device. You can also use the call-in number, not hit option one, and you will be able to listen to the show that way as well. Option one will put you in the caller queue if you want to participate in the live show. As I said... You can call in 347-324-3541. We also have a chat room set up, mtrlive.com. I know some of you have been uh, messaging via Twitch and some of the other services. Unfortunately, I do not have those windows up for those particular streaming services. And because of that, um, you know, we are trying to keep all the chat relegated to mtrlive.com. Before I get into tonight's show, I want to make a couple of announcements uh, first and foremost, uh, next week is My Take Radio episode 350. Uh, I talked about it a bit last night during our MMA and wrestling show, but I'll get into it a little bit this evening as well. Um, you know, My Take Radio has come a long way with 350 episodes. It's a nice milestone number to have. Uh, also celebrating 10 years uh, being a podcaster and uh, getting my opinions out there to the masses. Uh, definitely one of the highlights has been you know, just being able to participate in this community and watch it grow. I've made a lot of great friends along the way. As I always say, you know, I wouldn't be get, I wouldn't have got into this if it wasn't for uh, my friends at 
Video Game News Radio and my buddy Blaine from Born Stubborn Radio who uh, took a chance and made me a part of their shows on a consistent basis and fueled the fire towards what we are doing today. Uh, in addition to that, Rageworks also will be turning two in 2016. Nice little uh, anniversary for Rageworks going down this summer. Not sure what we're going to do for that, but definitely want to do something special to mark the occasion. Now, aside from next week being our 350th episode, which of course will focus on MMA and wrestling, but we may switch it up a bit given the um, special nature of that broadcast. I did want to say that episode 350 uh, will be the last episode of MTR for a couple of weeks. I am going to take a little little break and recharge my batteries and focus on getting you some other content and obviously working to grow the MyTake Radio and Rageworks brands respectively in different avenues. Because of that, uh, the last show will be episode 350. We're going to pretty much be off during the month of May uh, due to some traveling and some other things that we got going on. We'll probably do an abridged epi- a couple of episodes in June, but not too many because of some traveling during June as well, plus Consumer Electronics Week. So, um, you know, I think that the recharge will be good. I think that it'll just allow me to focus on giving you guys uh, some additional content via other outlets, obviously, uh, posts on RageWorks.net, videos for YouTube, etc., etc. But as I said during last night's show, uh, you know, it's not the end of MTR, just a recharge and coming back with some new and fresh material, a couple of changes, as always, continuing to evolve as we march from episode 350 to episode 400 and beyond. And, um, you know, I think I think my uh, my brain needs a break. You know, a lot goes into bringing you guys MTR every week, uh, usually four hours of programming across two days, sometimes, uh, you know, well, between three and four hours, depending on the show, incredible amounts of prep work, usually uh, days of prep work go into the show, video rendering, uh, you know, yours truly needs a break. And um, I think this is a great time to do it. I have the utmost faith in uh, the team that we have assembled at Rageworks, a lot of great individuals putting in work, uh, my fellow colleagues who host their respective shows, uh, Ben and Taylor for Black is the New Black, Quark for The Buried Show, and Jay Santi for TRSS, uh, TRSS Overtime, and also working on Call Me When It's Over with Josie's Boy, which is going to be joining the stable of shows uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, again, these are these are you know, very competent and capable individuals that have been doing a great job during those instances where I have taken time off. Uh, they just keep moving the content along. Uh, you know, Jay definitely with TRSS is going to give you guys your wrestling fix and he'll probably dip into some MMA on the entertainment side with regards to, you know, geek culture, what's going on in movies and comics. Um, ben and Taylor definitely got you covered. Plus Quark with the Buried Show will also uh, tag in and give you guys some wrestling content as well. Again, you know, just a, a bit of a break. I actually have been contemplating it for quite some time. And, um, you know, uh, my buddy, the real Brian from ProfitCast, he, he took a break recently and he was citing a lot of things that influenced him taking his, his break for his show. And as he was rattling off some of the things that were, uh, you know, rearing their heads, so to speak, to, you know, tell him he needs to take a break. I realized that I was experiencing a lot of those things as well. And because of that, I think it's a uh, great opportunity to go out on a high note with 350, 
uh, recharge my batteries and come back um, weapons at the ready to take you guys to episode 400. And um, because of that, you know, I figured I would let you guys know that. I also recorded our announcement for the My Take Radio TV YouTube channel. As many of you know, uh, even though we did defeat YouTube with regards to the claim that had been filed against that channel, uh, it's like I said before, it's just a matter of not keeping redundant content on two two channels. I mean, the maintenance of that is just not worth it. It's a pain in the ass, quite frankly. Uh, but I did record a video announcing our intentions to sunset that channel uh, probably by the first or second week. I was shooting for May 1st, um, which may still happen, but I may go into the second week uh, just to give people some time. As always, make sure to subscribe to Official Rageworks on YouTube. That's going to give you access, obviously, to the My Take Radio shows, but also our product reviews and event coverage as well. Still trying to go through some videos that I thought I had lost from like Toy Fair and a couple of other things. We got to upload those. I am also going to be migrating some content from the My Take Radio channel, which you're going to be seeing on Rageworks. Some of the stuff is is stuff that you may have seen, you may have not. But um, I think it, it needs to have a home, especially some of the old uh, Let's Play uh, games that I did, a lot of the Blast from the Past stuff. I think that stuff needs to live on on the other channel, you know, on Rageworks. And that stuff is going to be moving over during my time off. As I said, next Wednesday, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific will be episode 350. That will be the last MTR for the foreseeable future. But um, we're going to make it as memorable as possible. Obviously, uh, I'm sure some of our fellow hosts and my some of the coll- some of my colleagues from Rageworks will want to participate and chime in. And um, looking forward to next week, giving you guys a kick-ass show to go out with a bang. As for tonight, uh, we got a couple of different things on deck. We're going to talk about, obviously, the latest happenings in the world of gaming. We're also going to get into what's going on in the world of entertainment. CinemaCon is going on. A lot of great trailers, logos, and announcements are coming out of that event. Some of the stuff is important and needs to be on your radar, especially if you are a comic movie fan. So we're going to be getting into that. And the um, last announcement I wanted to make before we get this ball rolling is that My Take Radio is taking the show on the road. Even though we are uh, wrapping things up with episode 350 this Saturday, we're going to be at Pace University uh, participating in the student and faculty run Kieran Khan event, uh, focusing on anime, comics, gaming, and Japanese culture. I participated in the event last year along with Danny from Royal Flush Magazine. And, you know, we did a panel on uh, getting getting into what we do, whether it's running a site or creating content, new media, etc. And I was I was thoroughly, you know, overjoyed with the response and just uh, being able to pass on my knowledge. You know, if, if you even want to call it that, I think it's mostly trial by fire uh, to, you know, a new generation of content creators. I was really honored that. Danny and the staff at Pace uh, invited me back for this year. Uh, we're going to be doing a live MTR show at the event, and we're also going to be uh, moderating a panel focusing on Marvel and DC, and it's going to be uh, involving a lot of the students. That's that's the plan. Hopefully it doesn't escalate into name-calling, yelling, and <laughs> any of the stuff that you would expect when you're talking about Marvel, DC, and you know subjects like you know, race, gender, uh, character representation, etc. But um, I'm really excited. I'm really pumped. Uh, this Saturday, Pace University, and um, 
Make sure to check it out if you are in the New York area. Uh, you can find a banner on RageWorks.net, which has the Eventbrite link. You can go there and register. Like I said, it's going to be uh, a really fun day. There's a lot of really awesome stuff there. Uh, Jedi demonstrations, cosplay runway. Uh, the Triforce Quartet is going to be performing. They performed last year, and they were amazing. Uh, we're going to try and share as much of the event as possible on social media uh, via Snapchat, uh, Instagram, and Twitter, of course, but we're definitely going to be uh, also trying to get a lot of video and a lot of photos from the event. So it is going to be a very, very busy day. Like I said, really excited, looking forward to doing this for my second year. Again, grateful to the team at Pace and Danny from Royal Flush for, you know, giving, giving the brown man a chance on a, on a bigger platform. So looking forward to that as well. I see a lot of people are uh, popping up in the chat. Uh, nice to see a lot of people in there. Uh, shout out to Mortis. Uh, who's been keeping me up to date on some of his adventures offline. So uh, very cool, a lot of the stuff he's doing. Um, hopefully, one of the things you and I talked about, Mortis, we can do after I come back from the break um, involving somebody who you were working with. Hopefully, we'll be able to set that up after after the break. Anyway, as I said, let's get into tonight's show. Let's get this ball rolling. Let's talk some gaming, shall we? So last time during the gaming segment, we were talking about a situation with an employee from Nintendo that was allegedly, quote unquote, unjustly fired for moonlighting. Um, An article surfaced on Facebook shortly thereafter, which I saw. And, um, you know, I'm going to take I'm going to take this article and I'm going to say that this article that circulated throughout social media, make of it what you will, um, Allegedly, there were allegations that the young lady who was terminated by Nintendo was daylighting, uh, daylighting, excuse me, moonlighting as an escort under, uh, you know, obviously an alias. And of course, um, people found out about that and brought it to Nintendo's attention. And that led to her being dismissed from her position. Now, the, the truth to that story is questionable. Obviously, there's been conflicting reports, but I gotta, I gotta say this too. As, as someone who who moonlights running RageWorks and MTR, I can understand uh, why you, sometimes you want to keep your real job from your uh, you know your other job separate. In this young lady's case, obviously being involved as an escort, which again, this was this this um, conversation on social media escalated because there was a fine line between escort and uh, lady of the evening. And I wanted to get into that as well. A lot of people were like, yeah, well, you know, if she's out there being a prostitute or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, just really, really uneducated shit. Um, here's the thing. There is a difference between being a paid escort in, in, in some cases and being a quote unquote lady of the evening. Um, an escort is usually a very attractive woman that is paid to be arm candy for someone. Usually that is what it entails, being seen at a dinner or at an event, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, thus being an escort. Obviously, once money changes hands for for sexual favors, obviously the definition changes, but you can be an escort and not be a hooker. That that can happen. It can. <laughs> you know, I mean, when I was going to college, there were a couple of young ladies that were attractive and they made money on the side, not being hookers. 
just being escorts, just, you know, being companions. But again, a very, very, very slippery slope, no pun intended, uh, with regards to that. Um, I was just taken aback by not only the commentary from the gaming community by and large, but the fact that people were genuinely offended that this young lady was participating in in you know this this environment quote unquote on top of the fact obviously that we were talking about some of the stuff that people associated her with that did not come to pass with certain titles here's here's where here's my take on 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 the matter as a whole the fact is if the lady's working under an assumed alias isn't sleeping with anybody for money and is not doing anything that would besmirch the name of the company she works for then what the fuck is the issue? Let's be honest. If nobody would have brought that to Nintendo's attention, she probably would still have her job. And this boils down to what I said before about how easy it is for people to find certain pieces of information about you online. And either they can keep it for, you know, nefarious purposes or weaponize it to, uh, you know, hurt you professionally or personally. And this is one of those instances where, Listen, if the lady did her job for Nintendo and she was a val- a valuable employee that had a clean record and did nothing, what's the big fucking deal? Now, of course, you're going to have the people w- that are going to get on their ha- on their high horse, their bully pulpit, and they're going to talk about, yeah, but you know, uh, th- that career path doesn't reflect with the values of Nintendo. Okay, but let's talk about that for a second. Nintendo is a Japanese company. If you go to Japan, you're going to at some point come across a vending machine that sells girls underwear. So let's let's just leave it at that. You know, I I mean, people people are going to say what they're going to say. But Japan is a very liberal, liberal, liberal country when it comes to to sexuality and the way they approach things. I mean, you know, we're a bunch of tight asses here when it suits us. Let's be let's be realistic. We are we're easily offended when it suits us because again, like I said in a conversation with Slick, I think it was about 4 episodes ago. You know, when when NYPD Blue showed an ass on primetime television, that was big news at the time. Now you watch TV and we continuously push the envelope because our tolerance of this stuff has quote unquote evolved. And I'll be honest, again, it has evolved in a selective sense because people choose to get offended about shit that they're really there's really no necessity to get offended about. And I'll be honest, if this young lady was working in this profession, again, under an assumed name, not even using her legitimate personal information and people somehow found that out and used it to ruin her career. I, I like I said, she wasn't it, it, it honestly, in my opinion, it wasn't something that needed to be brought to light if it wasn't hurting anyone. But again, you know, in this day and age, in, you know, the the access to certain pieces of information is just a lot more free than some of us would like. I, I mean, I know guys that stay off the grid with Facebook and and Instagram and social media just because of that reason. They just don't want certain elements and certain aspects of their life out there. And that's fine. You know, you got to you got to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, who I've talked about, he, you know, he's a very public facing figure because he is also the face of his company. 
but he doesn't put like his wife out there. He doesn't put his kids out there because again, that's a part, a part of his life that doesn't need to be shared with the general public. Even me. I mean, I do the show. I cover events. Slick has covered events with me and, uh, you know, we're out there, you know, my wife has covered events with me, but if I don't go out of my way to make sure that my wife is out there publicly with my stuff, I mean, if she chooses to be, she's welcome to do so, but it's not something just because again, not not necessarily something that needs to be out there. You know, my my sisters, the rest of my family, they don't you know, they don't need to be out there in the general public unless it's brought up. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I share a lot of personal shit with you guys. And I just feel that, um, you know, it's it's partially from a, from a therapeutic standpoint that I do so. Plus, I feel that sometimes sharing certain aspects of my life will uh, resonate with those that are experiencing similar challenges and similar hardships. And because of that. I am a little bit more open with, you know, my my persona online and offline, which, you know, is pretty is pretty much the same to a degree. Obviously, uh, there's certain things that I, I'm going to obviously do on air that are not something I'm going to apply in day to day life. I mean, I'm not going to answer a phone in, in my in my day job and, you know, say some say some of the content that I say here that not that it's, you know, uh, inflammatory or that I'm some sort of firebrand, but. You know, some people just don't want to hear that shit, you know, simple as that. But, you know, to to bring it all full circle, I, you know, when I read that development and people were sharing it on Facebook and I saw a lot of peers, a lot of people I know in the gaming industry just um, really speaking out of turn. And I say this because, again, just just spewing shit without being informed. Oh, you know, shouldn't be out there being a whore. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like. Just because you want to be arm candy and a guy wants to pay you $300 to go sit down with him at a fucking function doesn't automatically make a girl, you know, a whore. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, it, it, it it's that it's that double standard that sometimes, you know, people talk about where, you know, a guy gets around and he's the fucking man. A girl gets around and, you know, she's spoken of poorly, which is, you know, it's fucking bullshit. You know, honestly, uh, you know, it should be equal across the board. You get around, you get around. That's how it is. But I was just taken aback more so because the information became public like instantaneously. As soon as they announced that she was fired and I talked about it within a day or two, that article came out of what she was allegedly uh, fired for. And like I said, just seeing so many people that I thought are, you know, peers are people that I feel are somewhat intelligent we're talking out of their ass and it was it was crazy to me it was legit and then of course you got you got the guys that want to play you know captain save a chick and they're just like yeah but you know man if i were if i were her significant other it's like shut up shut the fuck up nobody knows how to react to any of this stuff unless it affects them personally i'll give you guys an example and and you know i'll move on think about it if you're a man and your wife is an adult film star. Just think of that. Just think of that for, for a moment. If you're a man and your wife is an adult film star, that means that your wife has been viewed in, you know, acts of in, in sexual acts by countless people around the world. She's still your wife. You know what I mean? And, you know, she still comes home to you. But there's still that view that's out there of your significant other. And. That that person has his own set of challenges he's got to deal with, whether it's, you know, going to a to a convention or a signing and and people ogling that that particular woman, you know, or or man, if it's a, a woman in that role. And nobody can ever understand what that's like 
because nobody's ever experienced that shit. It's very easy for us to sit outside and, and, you know, throw darts at the board, uh, you know, at, at the board that is the person's life and, and make, you know, preconceived, uh, you know, express preconceived notions that have no bearing on anything. But the fact is that you're not, you know, you're not in that person's life to experience what it's like to walk in their shoes. That's why when I read this and I saw it, you know, I was, again, just just dumbfounded. And I saw a lot of women got to give a lot of props to a lot of a lot of the females that are involved in the gaming industry that came in there and they had to really school a lot of dudes like, yo, man, you could be an escort and not be, uh, you know, a lady of the evening because it can happen. Hell, there were some that said, hey, I know girls that aren't into that, you know, the seedier side of shit and they get paid well just to go to a dinner or be seen at a function with with, with some guy. It, it is what it is. I mean, again, why should we pass judgment? It, it doesn't make any sense. And on top of that, if it didn't affect her job at Nintendo, why would we, you know, why should we make it a point of, of conversation? That's all I'm saying. Anyway, let's go to the chat, see what they got. Um, <laughs> Slick, I got to disagree with what you were saying about Escort. I got to disagree. Like Mortis, Mortis is 100% spot on. Mortis said, all hookers are escorts, but not all escorts are hookers. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, you know, Mortis adds a uh, interesting anecdote. He says, this story reminds me of the teacher that was caught on film twerking and dancing in a bikini during spring break at a competition. Then she got fired when the administration found out about it, which is stupid. You know, it, it, it's funny. I like I like what what Mortis brought up because I actually read that story and it is again an interesting thing because one has nothing to do with the other what you do on your personal time if it's not a crime or anything utterly over the top it's 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 irrelevant like I can understand if you were arrested for you know urinating in public and you were arrested and convicted and were asked to register as a sex offender. I've read stuff like that. And your job had to fire you. They kind of have to do that. Even if that's not, even if you, you know, it's not a label that you went out of your way to get, I've seen it happen. Hell, I read a story about a guy that, that, um, I want to say that it was that, or I think he was urinating in a park, but it was during the daytime and he got arrested. Something happened, but the guy ended up having to register as a sex offender, even though he was allegedly, again, you know, just peeing in public. And it's just crazy shit. And the thing is that if you got, if you get arrested for something of that nature and they cut you loose, they cut you loose. But again, if you are doing something where you're, where your employer, your coworkers and everybody else doesn't know about it, like it's, you know, again, under an assumed name, uh, maybe in another town, whatever the case may be, you, it one should one thing should not impact the other. That's all I'm saying. Um, see, but Slick says an escort may not be a prostitute, but she is still really selling her body. Uh, you know, if I if I go down this rabbit hole, it's going to become a conversation of ethics. But I I am going to say this, and this is how I'm going to leave it. Uh, you're not in this case. You're actually being paid for your time. That and, and I'll be honest, if I if I was a consultant and you said to me, Rich, I need you to I need to meet with you and I want to discuss 
plans for my business. Okay. If I say, listen, I, I, you know, it's, it's a consultation. I'm going to charge you $500. You're being paid for your time, period. That means that you're there and you're spending time with the person. Again, you're being paid for your time. Now, to Slick's point, I'm going to say this. To Slick's point, I'm going to say this. The line is very, very gray. And that's what I said before. It's a very gray line. You know, once you cross that line and, you know, you you go in for the quote unquote cup of coffee and it escalates from there and you end up leaving with a, with a stack of hundreds off the nightstand, the role has changed dramatically. But if you're just going with someone to a function or going with someone to a dinner and you get paid for your time, you're you're not being you're not being a prostitute in that sense. You, you're just not. You're not. Simple as that. It's no different than you go, hey, come with me. Come with me to, to this place. I'll pay you 20 bucks for, for your time to just come with me to this place. Whatever it is, you're being paid for your time. Yes, you're escorting someone. <laughs> you know, that's that that's really it. But again, it's just I was just like I said, taken aback, not so much by the story escalating to the point that it did. But just the commentary from people who, you know, it's like, yo, you, you, you're not walking in this person's shoes to speak so freely. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> ah, Mortis, the example of being arrested for peeing in public and having it on your record, that person did something illegal. The escort and the teacher did not do anything illegal, though. See, here's the thing. The person peeing in public and having it on their record is considered illegal. But what I'm saying about it is that. If that person was off off work, completely off work on a weekend and this happened to and, you know, they went through it, they did due process and got fired, then it's just the only reason I'm citing that is because what they did may have not been that big of a deal. That's all I'm saying. With regards to the teacher twerking at a, at a, at a function during spring break, same thing not doing anything illegal. Yeah, it was it was definitely in poor form, but you're not on the clock, you're not on the job, and it's a totally different thing. The problem is that, you know, we live we live in an era where image image is everything, perception is everything, and companies they, you know, they don't want certain things obviously affecting how their companies viewed even if upper management participates in terrible shit all the time. I mean, you know, be living in New York and reading about Wall Street guys getting arrested on the regular for mismanaging funds and having orgies and all kinds of shit and and wasting people, you know, taking uh, the public's money. It's 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 par for the course. But again, you know, it's just uh, it's just craziness. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It's 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 just craziness. And uh, with that, I'm actually going to move into the other stuff because I see the chat room just just falling apart at the seams. Um, first bit of gaming news I want to talk about is Gears of War 4. Uh, we got to see some of the assets for Gears of War 4 when we were at Toy Fair, uh, courtesy of our friends at McFarland Toys. Uh, there was a trailer for Gears of War 4 that was released, and Entertainment Weekly also shared some cover art and some additional details as well. But out of all of that was news that Gears of War Part 4 will be arriving on Xbox One October 11th. Um, you know, it's going to be obviously a brand new saga following some new characters and maybe some returning favorites, but, um, you know, we, we're going to have a brand new lead, uh, which is JD Phoenix, son of Mark and Marcus Phoenix. 
And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the next, to the next stage of the story. Uh, the game is going to have a multiplayer beta, which is going to go live April 18th for those that own the Gears of War Ultimate Edition on Xbox One or Windows 10. All Xbox Live Gold members will be able to get access to the multiplayer beta starting April 25th. Again, mark that down on your calendars. If you're a Gears fan, April um, April 25th for the open beta, April 18th if you own Ultimate Gears of War. And the game will be heading to retailers October 11th for Xbox One. Um, like I said, really pumped. I think that they're... The, the story that we had the opportunity to learn a little bit more about at Toy Fair uh, from McFarlane and, and the team at McFarlane Toys definitely gives me, uh, I'm optimistic about the story. I'm looking forward to seeing it on Xbox One, harnessing the power of the system with a brand new installment in the series. I mean, we are, we're, we're, we got some really amazing sequels heading our way. I mean, every time I see gameplay footage for Uncharted 4, it's just it's just mind blowing how far that game has come. And even in the other, you know, the previous incarnations, the previous games on other consoles, how how ahead of the curve they were in, in regards to just gameplay, textures, realism. Uh, God of War is another great example. I mean, the, the, the folks over there uh, on the PlayStation side of things are really in for a treat. Uh, with some of the stuff that's heading their way and Xbox fans, too, man. I mean, you know, Gears of War four. The trailer looked amazing. Uh, the graphics looked sick. And, you know, even the collectibles that are being put out by McFarlane Toys looked incredibly cool. Like I said, that's it's a game that I personally I'm not a big multiplayer fan on Gears. I, I really like the campaigns. And um, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. I mean, it's it's one of those games that I thoroughly enjoyed playing through. And sure, it, you know, the multiplayer is the is the bigger sell and it's what everybody's going for. And that's fine. But I'm hoping that we get just as much of a deep story as we did in the previous games, because I think that there's still a lot to be said uh, between, you know, the conflict, the conflicts between the cogs and, and the locusts. So um, I'm really pumped for it. Like I said, October 11th. Mark that down on your calendars. <laughs> Why you, why are you hating on Marcus Phoenix slick? Marcus Phoenix is in bad now. Dom, you know, Dom on the other hand who is fucking dead, maybe maybe him. Maybe him we could hate on just a little bit. But Marcus Phoenix is a pretty badass character. I got I got to give the devil his due. Um speaking of other games that are that are coming out which are sequels or reboots, uh the Doom game has an open beta and also DLC was announced for it. The open beta for Doom is happening April 15th and 17th. Uh, the best part is no code is required to play. You'll have access to Team Deathmatch, um, Warpath, and Heatwave, plus the Infernal maps. Bethesda also announced that there will be free content updates for the game, um, including Snap Map multiplayer. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. Snap Map and multiplayer updates will be free to use and play, plus DLC was announced, and at this point, it should be uh, the standard. Um, DLC is going to include new features and new items. The first DLC will be coming out this summer. You're going to get three new maps, one new weapon, one new playable demon, one new armor set, and one new piece of equipment. You're also going to get hack modules, new taunts, and customization colors and patterns. Each DLC pack is going to run you $14.99, of course, you can get the Doom Season Pass, because why not? Uh, $39.99 for that. 
and Doom will be arriving on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC May 13th. I mean, I've seen some trailers for Doom. I'm, you know, that that's a game. That's one of the first PC games I played growing up. You know, Doom. Doom has definite uh, nostalgic. Um, you know, it, it has a lot of a nostalgic feel for me. I like, I love playing those games. Wolfenstein is is right up there as well in terms of nostalgia. I play them when I can. Um, looking forward to seeing what they do with this new game. Um, you know, Doom is Doom. You shoot demons and you know shit. There's body parts and blood and shit explodes. It's it's exactly what you've come to expect, but it looked really really awesome. That that I gotta say. Uh, Slick uh, said Final Fantasy IX finally hits PC after a 16 year wait. Um, Mortis says that he's been playing the Battleborn open beta. Hey Mortis, how do you how do you like it? You know what do you think of it so far? Uh, Mortis adds, I've returned to Castle Wolfenstein is one of the few games that I've played through multiple times. Absolutely, I mean those are the they're just some games that they're just fun to play. Now you know we've talked about Gears, we've talked about Doom. And I got an email from our friends at Respawn about a brand new teaser trailer for Titanfall 2. Uh, Titanfall will be fully revealed June 12th, right before E3, and it's scheduled to be released on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC. Now, for someone who, you know, ended up getting Titanfall for free on Xbox One, I enjoyed the game. It was fun. I wasn't a fan of needing to progress through the campaign via multiplayer like I wanted to play through a dedicated campaign but I enjoyed the game for what it was it was excuse me it was a free title that I received on Xbox One and um you know like I'm I'm curious to see what they do with the second one now that it's going to go to uh, other platforms I think that that's going to expand the user base a bit and maybe not shorten the shelf life of a game that I thought people would have been playing a little longer The problem with first-person shooters, and I've talked about this before, is that you're going to need a lot of map packs to extend the longevity if the campaign is short. And people, sometimes they just move on to the next game because there's just no interest at that point for for that game. Especially if you're somebody who's uh, a hardcore Halo player or Gears or um, Call of Duty, and another first-person shooter comes along, that's good. And is fun, but isn't going to keep you as enthralled, then obviously you're going to want to invest in those other games. And the only reason that Call of Duty uh, stays so active and so busy for, for a decent amount of time is because they, they continuously drop map packs and DLC. I mean, a lot of it is paid, which, you know, I have my own gripes about that. Uh, same thing on the Halo side, but they keep the they keep the shelf life of those games active in a, in a capacity that just keeps people a bit more engaged versus say sports games where like right now, a lot of people that I know are playing MLB the show and they're enjoying the game. Baseball season started. You're going to go through it. You're going to play it for a little bit, but once baseball season's over, how much are you really going to play that game? The same thing I can say happened with Madden. Like unless you're a hardcore Madden player or a hardcore sports gamer, you're, you're going to play the game through the, the football season, maybe during during a couple of days off, maybe a couple of tournaments, and then the game's just going to collect dust and you're going to trade it into your to your local gaming store for 10 bucks and go about your business. You know, it's the it's the same thing. You know, it's par for the course, in my opinion, because, uh, you know, some games have longer shelf lives than others. I mean, I love playing fighting games. Once you play through the single campaign, 
you know, it's either multiplayer or playing through it over and over or playing online. Again, the shelf life is there and it's, it's, it's definitely finite to a point, but fighting games are always played. I mean, you know, I can still go on, especially now with, you know, when I was playing Killer Instinct season three, I started getting some of the characters for that. And I went online, I played a couple of matches, you know, there was, there was still, I was able to get decent games, uh, throughout, throughout the, the, the two hours that I played, I got maybe five or six matches in. And, um, again, this is a game that's been out the season pass, uh, the, you know, we're on our third season, uh, third season of the game with new characters. And I thought that people would, you know, the interest would dry up, but, I was surprised that I was getting some competitive games in and I was getting matches so frequently. I mean, Street Fighter V, which, you know, a lot of people have been talking about because of the rage quitting uh, situation, which Capcom has acknowledged uh, recently in, in, a, in a brand new uh, tweet that they mentioned that they put out. They were talking about the the rage quitting. And um, again, it's one of those things where you have to find ways to leverage not only additional features, but just keeping interest in the game. I mean, with Street Fighter V, and I've talked about this at length, you are talking about a game that you're putting on the competitive circuit and you're pushing a lot of the focus towards, obviously, online online matches, and that's fine. And the thing about it is that if you're going to focus that much energy on online matches, things like rage quitting uh, should have been addressed a lot sooner because there are things that are going to happen. I mean, uh, with Madden and a couple of other games that have, you know, really hardcore online, uh, really hardcore online presence, there's a lot of safeguards in place that, you know, protect people from rage quitting and stuff like that. I mean, you're always going to get people that use mods and, and shit like that because it happens, uh, you know, rapid fire triggers, et cetera, et cetera, quick scoping, uh, different hacks. It happens. But I just feel that if you're going to push, uh, games with a very with an online centric presence you're going to want to go out of your way to ensure that people are not only protected either from rage quitters or that they're just able to play the game for a decent amount of time before the game becomes a fucking paperweight that's all i'm saying uh <laughs> ah so more to share a little insight on battleborn he said it's pretty good i suck at it though battleborn kind of feels like borderlands but it mixes in moba style for the versus play story mode is similar to borderlands but you do the missions one mission at a time which lasts about 30 minutes to an hour each all right cool glad glad to hear you are enjoying it uh last bit of uh gaming stuff i wanted to address before we jump into this week's entertainment news um a lot of people were asking about you know what kind of streaming we're going to be doing I know Slick has been streaming a lot of games, and he's been very, very active in trying to get it out there. And I know some people have uh, mentioned Slick to Slick, you know, that they look forward to his streams, especially on Facebook. Uh, I want to definitely try and get back into into the streaming. I feel that I'm going to try and do that. Uh, maybe on some of the nights that I will might be doing a show, I might do a stream or two. Uh, right now, I actually brought some of my older consoles downstairs to plug into uh, my system that I have down here. And I think I may try and stream maybe some PS2 stuff or maybe some uh, original Xbox or Dreamcast stuff uh, first, only because my setup upstate, you know, my, my setup where, where I play my games, it's it's in another location uh, of my house. And to, you know, try and bring all that equipment back and forth. I mean, I'm going to try and, and use the laptop that we have 
um, that currently handles our Skype. It's our dedicated Skype machine uh, because that has a fifth gen i7 to try and do some streaming on the Xbox One side or PS4 side. I mean, I could probably do it with the uh, built in Twitch features on each console, but I want to have, you know, like the lower third, uh, the camera, you know, being able to share some commentary. So uh, definitely going to try and do that at some point during uh, the time that I'm not doing shows. So for those of you that have asked, you know, Slick has been doing a, a stellar job uh, with the streams that he's done for some of the games that he's currently reviewing or has reviewed. And um, like I said, feedback has been nothing but positive. I too will try and, and do more of that. Like I said, during during the, my, you know, self-imposed exile, I will, um, you know, I'll try and definitely get some streaming out there, a couple of games, mostly classics, like I said, just because it's easier to have the equipment down here for that. But uh, definitely keep it locked to RageWorks and our social media channels for updates with regards to those streams. So, uh, like I said, more than likely it'll be during times when I would do the show. So, you know, Thursday at 11, I may stream, I don't know, Street Fighter Alpha 3 or maybe some Star Gladiator, which is another one of my favorite fighting games or, you know, Guru Mark of the Wolves, uh, stuff like that. Again, lots of lots of fighting games. That's for damn sure. Uh, maybe an adventure game or two here and there. We'll see what happens. But again, uh, those are those are some of the things I have planned uh, while we are off air. All right. So with that, that's going to be the uh, the icing on the cake uh, for this week's gaming segment. Let's switch gears. Let's jump into some entertainment. There's lots to discuss, especially a lot of news coming out of CinemaCon. Let's get to it. So I want to talk, uh, there's going to be a lot of talk about Marvel uh, in this segment. Um, of course, one of the big buzzwords going around is Spider-Man Homecoming, which many of you uh, may have heard is going to be the name of the upcoming Spider-Man film that Sony and Marvel are going to be putting out. But aside from that being the major story to come out with regards to Spider-Man, there is another story which... Uh, Marvel Studios boss Kevin Feige spoke about when he was interviewed by Entertainment Weekly, and he actually confirmed that other characters from the Marvel Universe will appear in Spider-Man films, meaning, you know, Iron Man may show up, we may see Spider-Man and Daredevil, we may see Captain America, uh, you know, things of that nature, and I think that even though I was excited for the solo Spider-Man movie, I felt that this was probably one of the, one of the cooler things, because you know, we all knew that Sony was, you know, lending Spider-Man to Marvel, but it's equally awesome to hear that we're going to see some of, you know, some of the characters in the Marvel Universe show up in Spider-Man films, whether as being directly involved or indirectly involved, they're going to be a part of the stories, and I think that is tremendous. Now we just need Fox to get on board and start doing some stuff with Marvel 2, which, by the way, I have an update about that, which uh, I think a lot of people are going to be excited for. But yeah, you're going to see uh, Marvel characters showing up in the Spider-Man films that are going to be put out going forward. Really excited for that. I think, you know, obviously the big Spider-Man homecoming reveal was big news, but this was even bigger news to me because it continues to show that the studios are understanding that 
it's better to work together and everyone make money than continue to segregate characters that can coexist in the same universe in the books. And obviously, especially when it comes to Spider-Man, who has so many great relationships with so many other Marvel characters, i.e. Daredevil, Deadpool, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of characters, especially any characters that are street level heroes in, in New York are always showing up in Spider-Man books, Iron Fist, Power Man, you know, I'm sure they're going to, Jessica Jones is going to show up there. And when I mean Power Man and Iron Fist, I mean Luke Cage, for those of you that don't know that name, uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist. So I, that's, that's really big news for me. Like I said, it shows that, that Sony's willing to kind of let Marvel take the reins on this. And I think, I think it's great on, on the Fox side. Like I said, I got some stuff I'm going to get into later on in the segment, but I will say this, uh, you know, one particular character out of Fox, that being Wolverine, uh, the final film, Wolverine three is starting to take shape. Uh, Boyd Holbrook, who many of you may know from Netflix Narcos, uh, show is going to be playing uh, one of the main villains in the story. Of course, this story is going to take place later in the future, obviously uh, validating the rumors of Old Man Logan. And um, and with Patrick Stewart's Professor X being involved, obviously it's going to take place later on in the X-Men universe. Uh, I'm a little bummed, you know, Wolverine 3 being the last Wolverine, um, but I just have a nagging suspicion that if Marvel is able to work something out with Fox that we may see Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in something far larger. That's all I'm saying. Box office time. Uh, Batman versus Superman was dethroned by the boss. Uh, Melissa McCarthy took over the box office this past weekend with the boss scoring $23.5 million, knocking off Batman versus Superman, which made an additional 23.4, bringing, bringing its total to 296.7 as of this past Monday. Zootopia came into the number three spot, $14.4 million, well on track to earn $300 million right now at $296. Uh, my Big Fat Greek Wedding took the number four spot, the spot, <laughs> the number four spot. Uh, Hardcore Henry came in at number five. I was actually one of those individuals that put money behind that movie, and I have a review for you. I may even record a video review as well uh, during my during my absence. Holy shit, was that movie fucking insane, insane. Like, I let me, without giving away anything, I got to say that if you like Crank with Jason, with Jason Statham, you are going to like Hardcore Henry. But let me, let me uh, throw this disclaimer out there. If you are a person that suffers from motion sickness, do not go see this movie because the entire movie is filmed from a first person perspective, which can make you sick. I mean, when I went to see the film uh, with my wife, uh, the usher that gave us the tickets said, um, just to, I want to let you guys know that if you suffer from motion sickness, you're, you know, you're more than welcome to ask for a refund and see another film because this film does cause motion sickness. So, you know, definitely as soon as I heard that, I was like, fuck that. I'm ready. I'm ready to throw up all over this theater. Just because I was, like I said, the concept was different. It was unique. It was, it was fucking crazy. And the plot was what you would expect from a movie filmed in a first person perspective uh, on, on par with Crank. Um, so, you know, make of that what you will. But man, was it, it was a, it was wild. It was a tour de force. I mean, you know, if you've played first person adventure games and first person shooters, you will feel right at home and, 
I don't even know what to say. I mean, without, like I said, without, without giving too much away, it's just, it's an experience. That's all I got to say. It's an experience. Anyway, so Hardcore Henry took it number five slot. Uh, number six, Miracles from Heaven. Number seven, God's Not Dead 2. Uh, Allegiant from the Divergent series came in at number eight. Ten, Cloverfield Lane holding on in the number nine, in the number nine spot. And Eye in the Sky came in at number ten. Um, in some other Marvel news, I'm sure this is going to raise a lot of red flags and it's going to get a lot of keyboard warriors, uh, uh, fingers and panties in a twist. Uh, Tessa Thompson, who many of you may have known from Creed and, um, Dear White People is scheduled to be the co-star in Thor Ragnarok. Obviously, um, based on that, a lot of people were unsure if, uh, Natalie Portman's Jane Foster was going to be returning to the film, but it seems that Jane Foster will not be returning to the film. And, um, Tessa Thompson's character is not only going to be a potential love interest for Thor, but she is also going to be a hero in the Marvel universe. Now, obviously speculation was running rampant and, um, a lot of people are saying that it could be, um, you know, Rosa, Rosalind Solomon from shield, which was a character that was in Jason Aaron's recent Thor run. But an interesting rumor that came out of our friends at Latino review says that Tessa Thompson will be playing the Marvel cinematic universe version of Valkyrie. Now, for those of you that don't know, Broomhilda, the Valkyrie leader, um, in the comics universe has been a member of the Avengers and the defenders. And obviously with, a lot of rumors surrounding the involvement of the Valkyries in the film itself. Uh, I'm interested to see if this rumor plays out. Of course, if you guys are familiar with Valkyrie in the comics, you will know that she is blonde haired, uh, blue eyed, white. Um, but obviously with Heimdall being played by Idris Elba, that is a non-factor at this point. Now, I'm curious to see... If the rumor pans out how they're going to do the character, uh, the character of Valkyrie is, you know, obviously a warrior. I think that the the character being included is going to shift uh, some focus away from Lady Sif uh, just because obviously, um, you know, the the actress who plays Lady Sif is going to be uh, doing a lot with the current show that she's in, which is Blindspot. So I'm curious to see if that's the reasoning for the use of her character or if they just want to add some of the other noteworthy characters from, um, you know, from Asgard. Again, take this with a grain of salt. I mean, Latino reviews usually 50-50 with the stuff, but the rumors definitely picked up a lot of steam as soon as it came out. I am, I'm intrigued, like I said, to see what they do with the character. Uh, Tessa Thompson was, you know, she was solid in Creed and um, she's a pretty good actress, you know, so I'm curious to see what they do and how they utilize her in the next Thor film. <clears throat> the boss was indeed number one slick so in some other marvel news we all know that marvel's iron fist was is already starting to take shape for netflix and david wenham who many of you may know from lord of the rings and 300 will be playing the character of harold meacham uh he is uh an individual who uh partnered with danny rand's parents in the comics he was actually responsible for the death of danny rand's father and um obviously him being the heavy he's he's a really good actor he was uh really solid in lord of the rings he was amazing in 300 uh, i think he's he's definitely going to bring a level of i i want to i don't want to say intensity but i just think that he's going to bring 
just some really, really great ruthlessness to the big screen. I mean, to the big screen, to the Netflix series. Uh, same as, as Vincent D'Onofrio did for the Kingpin in Daredevil. I think David Wenham is gonna, is gonna really knock it out of the box as the, um, the character of Harold Meacham for Iron Fist. Uh, Wenham, of course, joins Finn Jones, who is gonna be playing Iron Fist, and Jessica Henwick, who will be playing Colleen Wing. Obviously, once we get some additional information regarding Iron Fist, I will share it with you guys. A brand new casting addition for Fast 8 was announced. As we already know, Fast 8 is moving forward with um, pretty much most of the cast returning, obviously, excluding Paul Walker, who, you know, he's he's uh, auditioning for Angel Rolls upstairs. But um, everybody else is coming back. Uh, but in addition to that, you are going to get uh, the addition of Scott Eastwood, who's going to be joining the cast. I have a feeling he's going to be Paul Walker 2.0 going forward. And Charlize Theron is also going to be involved. She has signed on the dotted line and will be playing the villain in the series. Um, also, Jason Statham is going to be back as well. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that pans out. F. Gary Gray is directing the film, which is scheduled to be released April 14th, 2017. Now, I do want to say that what they've been saying about Scott Eastwood's character is that he is the protege of Kurt Russell's Mr. Nobody, who was the guy that was the point of contact for Vin Diesel's crew in the last film. Uh, curious to see if that is the case or if uh, Scott Eastwood is going to move into a Brian O'Connor style role uh, going forward alongside Vin Diesel for the remaining two films. Curious to see how that pans out, but that is the direction for Fast 8 thus far. The next bit of news shouldn't come as a shocker to any of you. Marvel has confirmed that Star-Lord will be appearing in Avengers Infinity War. Uh, Joe and Anthony Russo, who are directing both parts of the film, uh, said that Pratt will, of course, be portraying Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord, in the next Avengers saga. Now, nobody has confirmed nor denied if we will see the other Guardians of the Galaxy, but you, you can't have Star-Lord without having the rest of them in there. I think I think the dynamic of the Guardians would be interesting to see on screen alongside Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I think that the, you know, the shit talking and the uh, the camaraderie would be interesting, especially with guys like Robert Downey Jr., who obviously, you know, playing the sarcastic Tony Stark alongside uh, Chris Pratt's Star-Lord is going to definitely make for some interesting, uh, definitely interesting exchanges, I gotta say. Now, on the other side... Many people have been asking about developments regarding the Captain Marvel film and who would be portraying uh, Carol Danvers. It seems that, um, you know, Kevin Feige said that we will be getting some additional information uh, in the coming months uh, with reveals scheduled by no later than the summer with a solo Captain Marvel film expected to hit theaters in 2019. Now, again, you know, Captain Marvel is a, is a very a very big character uh, which ties into so many things between the cosmic universe uh, the Avengers and everything in between. So to, to really get the character done right on screen uh, is it obviously requires work. And I think it's, it's one of those situations where you want to find the right actress that not only embodies toughness and grit, but is able to get physical and mix it up with, you know, some of the best of them, you know, Captain Marvel's an, 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 an incredibly, an incredibly layered character because here you have, you know, a, a woman who is super powerful, you know, as a cosmic being, uh, trying to coexist amongst 
you know, her peers as Avengers, but also trying to protect the planet as well. I think there's a lot to be said with regards to her story. And I personally am looking forward to seeing not only who they cast, but what direction they take that character, especially when it comes to expanding the, uh, the space side of the, of the Marvel universe. I mean, guardians has done an amazing job, but I think the, the inclusion of captain Marvel is going to make things very interesting. And who knows, maybe, maybe we're getting some misdirection and we may get some information, uh, in civil war. We're going to have to wait and see on the DC side of things. You know, we got to talk about DC too. Uh, it's been announced that Ben Affleck will direct and star a solo Batman film. Uh, Warner Brothers Pictures studio head Kevin Sujihara confirmed that at CinemaCon. And um, there you have it. You know, they have a very uh, big slate of films. Uh, Sujihara said that there are 10 extended DC Universe films uh, which have been committed to already over the next five years. Eight of them already announced. Uh, that being Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League Part 1, The Flash, Aquaman, Justice League Part 2, Cyborg, The Green Lantern Corps, and now the ninth film being a solo Batman film. No release date, no additional casting is available at this time, but as always, I will try and get that information to you guys as soon as possible. The other bit of casting news that has been making the rounds, which I was reading right before we went live, was the possibility that Michael Keaton would be involved as the villain in the next Spider-Man film. Now, a lot of people have been saying that the next film is going to use the Vulture. And, um, you know, I, I think the Vulture character is is interesting. I never felt that he was one of the, you know, one of my favorite Spider-Man rogues. Uh, you know, I honestly was curious to see if Marvel was going to try and make Michael Keaton Norman Osborn for for their, you know, their interpretation of, of Spider-Man. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how much they're going to do with a character like the Vulture. And if that's the case, is he going to be the only villain or is is it once again misdirection and Michael Keaton is going to play somebody a little with a little bit more uh, of a screen presence? I mean, again, not to take anything away from the Vulture. I mean, he's a cool villain, but not as cool as Dr. Octopus, Green Goblin, Electro. Uh, Hydro Man, uh, which, you know, a lot of people give Hydro Man a lot of shit. I liked, I liked him and, and, and any books with him and Sandman where they actually would merge into the, uh, composite mud creature. It, it, those were always really cool books. So you're definitely going to want to have maybe, if you're going to do that, you need a, a, a primary villain and a secondary villain if you want to go that route. I just don't feel that, a that, a that an actor on the caliber of Michael Keaton would, you know, would, his talents would be wasted on a character like the Vulture. When I think with the with the intensity that he can bring to the screen, he can do a really badass Norman Osborn. That's all I'm saying. Mortis says Ben Kingsley would make the vulture cool. Absolutely. I think Ben Kingsley would be an amazing vulture. He would add a little bit, you know, a little bit of that of that, you know, that English swagger uh, that that Kingsley brings to a lot of his characters. I think he would crush it out of the box. Um Slick says they should have Keaton play Octavius and get a trilogy with Superior Spider-Man. Um, I think I think we're looking a little far ahead there, but the concept is, you know, I think the concept would work. I think Keaton, like I said, would make a, an awesome Norman Osborn. I, I remember people were saying that Matthew McConaughey was going to play Norman Osborn, and I was like, God, please no. Um, don't get me wrong, McConaughey's a good actor, but I think... I think Keaton, you know, being an elder statesman, a guy who can do both, you know, a subdued but also very intense roles, 
uh, would be good in, 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 you know, whatever role they give him. I just feel that, um, the character of the vulture is such a, you know, like I said, just not a, a character that would utilize his strengths. But I gotta say this, Alfred Molina blew me away with his portrayal of Dr. Octopus in Amazing, uh, in Spider-Man 2. So, for me to say, hey, you know, he's not going to do the Vulture justice, that's just, you know, my my comic nerd talking and not obviously a person who is uh, looking a little a little forward and, and giving the guy a fair shake. I got to give credit where credit is due. Alfred Molina's uh, Dr. Octopus was amazing in, in, in that second Spider-Man film. And I think that when you look at all three films as a whole, many people have felt that the second film was the strongest out of the trilogy. I, I agree to a point. I felt that there was just so many, so many different layers of storytelling at play there that, you know, I feel with regards to the Tobey Maguire films, I feel that the second film was probably my favorite out of the three, even though the first had its moments, I feel the second was just leaps and bounds, uh, a a legitimate representation of Spider-Man. That's all I got to say. Uh, Mortis adds, Molina was a fantastic Doc Ock. Slick says, too many goblin appearances, no more fucking goblins for a long time. You know what it is, Slick, and this is something that I want to put out there. What if you bring Norman Osborn in with Spider-Man and have him take over S.H.I.E.L.D. like that, like he did after Civil War and form Hammer? That would that would be pretty fucking cool, man. If 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 you brought in Norman Osborn and Spider Man, he took over Shield like he did after Civil War in the books. That that would be pretty badass. Again, that's me. That's the that's the comic nerd in me uh, hoping for that. But I would I wouldn't I would definitely not be against that because you'd be getting Norman Osborn. You wouldn't be getting the um you wouldn't be getting the Green Goblin per se, and instead you'd be getting the Dark Avengers. And I think that if you went that route, that would be a good way to integrate the Avengers into the Spider-Man story and have some fun with that. Plus, you can also utilize that uh, Iron Patriot armor that Rhodey wore in um, in Iron Man 2 and have some fun with that and allow Norman Osborn to use it. Just saying, I think that would be pretty badass. That's all I got to say. Um Another another interesting thing that came out of CinemaCon, which I talked about, was the rumored Men in Black 21 Jump Street crossover, which now officially has a logo. So, of course, everybody's, uh, you know, peeing in their pants as soon as they saw it. Uh, right now, it looks like Jonah Hill, Channing Tatum will be back in there reprising their roles from 21 Jump Street. We're not sure if it's going to be Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, or maybe we're going to get two new agents, but the Men in Black 21 Jump Street crossover is happening. While we are on the subject of Channing Tatum, it was announced that he will be involved in the next Kingsman film, The Kingsman Golden Circle, um, alongside Taron Egerton, Mark Strong, Halle Berry, Pedro Pascal, and Julianne Moore. Um, he announced it on Twitter that he was going to be joining the cast Obviously, I think he is uh, he's going to make it very interesting. And again, Gambit isn't exactly being filmed right now. So uh, I think he's going to be a good addition to the cast, man. I think he's going to mix it up very well uh, with Taron Egerton's character. And um, it should be fun. Uh, Slick says several Dark Avengers are mutants, though. You lose Logan, Wade and Liz Braddock. No, 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 no. The Dark Avengers were... Um, uh, what's her name? 
saw was it Moonstone that was Captain Marvel, uh Bullseye was Hawkeye, Deken was Wolverine, um Venom was the black suited Spider Man and uh Norman Osborne was Iron Patriot. I'm talking about that, not the the you're looking at you're talking about X Force, which was Warpath, Deadpool, Wolverine, X twenty three uh, that and you know that's different. I'm talking about the Dark Avengers, which were pretty much Hammer's version of the Avengers, which utilized a lot of the characters that already exist in the Marvel universe. The only character that you would lose would be Dark Wolverine, which of course played you know it was Deken in the books, but you can always throw in a different character in there to fill that void. Uh, whether you want to bring back like Yellow Jacket or some of the other villains that have shown up. You could do something with that. I think that, you know, going that route would would be cool. Again, uh, that's that's the my my comic nerd talking, but I would definitely love to see that. A new update with regards to the upcoming Indiana Jones film, which will not be a prequel or a uh, you know, something taking place uh outside of the continuity that's already already been created. On the contrary, it will follow the events of Indiana Jones and uh, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, so it will continue that story. Not sure if that means that we will see the return of Shia LaBeouf, but, um, you know, it is going to continue that continuity, and the story will take on from there. So I'm curious to see what they do, because, you know, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull had a crazy ending, and um, I'm curious. I'm curious where, you know, how that continuity is going to pick up. The next Indiana Jones film is, hits theaters July 19th, 2019. Now, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we were talking about Marvel and, you know, Marvel and Fox working together. Well, Tim Miller and Simon Kinberg, who you know have worked on Deadpool and have done an amazing job, have expressed interest in working with Marvel to possibly do something with Spider-Man and Deadpool. As many of you know, Spider-Man and Deadpool have not only been together in countless books, but they actually have an ongoing series going on currently with both characters, which is very solid. Um, you know what it is? I, I'd love to see it. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to see Spider-Man mix it up with Deadpool. Deadpool mix it up with the rest of the Marvel Universe. But you're taking a character that's obviously an R-rated character, and you're putting him into a family-friendly Spider-Man environment. And I think that that's the bigger issue. The issue isn't having Deadpool mix it up with these guys. The issue is going and taking a character who's been built as, you know, an R-rated anti-authority character and thrusting him into the PG-13, uh, clean and, 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 and brightly lit, uh, Marvel Universe. I'd, I'd love to see it. I think that that would probably be one of those moments where, you know, as a comic fan, you're just like, this is the kind of shit we've been waiting for. But, as much as I'd love to see it, I think that that's going to be the bigger hurdle to overcome unless you water down Deadpool. And I think that's that's going to frustrate a lot of fans. I mean, don't get me wrong. The dynamic between him and Spider-Man is amazing in the books, especially in this new ongoing series. But I, th- I think, like I said, the biggest hurdle is trying to take a character like Deadpool and and kind of you know, force him into the Marvel universe. I mean, you could do it a little bit more with Wolverine because his films have been pretty tame by most standards, but Deadpool pretty much went for the gusto in, in its film and, uh, you know, in the Deadpool movie. And I think that trying to do that in the, in the, you know, family friendly, uh, Marvel environment is not going to be done easily. That's for sure. Again, 
I'd love to see that as a comic fan. Obviously, you know, it's one of those things we all talk about as fanboys, but you know, there's a, there's a lot of logistics that could really throw that off and it may end up hurting, uh, some characters, you know, it may end up hurting Deadpool more than benefiting him in the long run. Now, even though Batman versus Superman didn't do, you know, what many expected, you know, Avengers numbers, it's still breaking its own fair share of records, earning an additional, uh, you know, $1.2 million that have put it over the 300 million mark domestically. Uh, this is now the 13th superhero movie to hit that milestone. And the second one of the year following Deadpool, uh, Dawn of Justice has earned $788 million worldwide. Again, love it or hate the film. It's still making a decent amount of money. Obviously not the record breaking numbers that Marvel puts out, but still $788 million is not something to fucking, uh, thumb your nose at. I got, I got to say that now while we are on the subject of, of, you know, those type of films, I got to say that, um, I was really shocked with the announcement I read earlier today about James Cameron announcing, uh, like three more avatar films. When I read it, I said to myself, okay, the first film was great. It broke a lot of records, but you're, you're sitting here talking about three additional sequels, which here's, here's how they're going to be done. Uh, first sequels dropping December, 2018, the second sequel is going to be 2020, the third in 2022, and the final film in 2023. Avatar 2 is scheduled to begin production later this month. Uh, Sam Worthington, Zoe Zaldana, and uh, Sigourney Weaver will be back for Avatar 2. But, you know, you're you're really going really far out with these films. Again, I saw the first Avatar. I thought it was cool for what it was at the time. Does the does the, the series really need four fucking films? Definitely not. I'm I'm sorry, it doesn't. Um, I will say that I'm curious to see if if they're gonna do uh a you know a lot of people have been saying that the next film is gonna have a lot of underwater stuff and they're using some really um impressive cameras and hardware to bring that to life and you know the 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 gear geek in me is curious to see what they do and what kind of cameras are used. Because that was one of the things that really set Avatar apart from the other films. And it was some of the, the technology that was used to bring that world to life. So I'm curious to see what they do uh, to bring the underwater world that they want to focus on to life. If that is where that film is going for the second installment. Uh, we'll see what happens. Like I said, second sequel 2018. Um, Avatar 2. Avatar 3 is going to be 2020. Avatar 4. Well. Let me rephrase that. Four sequels, 2018, 2020, 2022, and 2023. That's that's the order that's been released thus far. Uh, last bit of news to wrap up this week's entertainment segment is that, obviously, we were talking about Deadpool and the creators wanted to mix it up with Spider-Man, but um, at CinemaCon, it was announced that Deadpool 2 is a go which we kind of figured was a foregone conclusion at this point, but it is official. Uh, the entire team is back, and we're going to be seeing Cable mix it up with Deadpool. If you saw the first film and you stuck around after the credits, I'm sure you're well aware that that is happening. Uh, no casting announcement has been made yet for, for who will be portraying Cable in the Deadpool sequel, but just know that Deadpool and Cable is happening on the big screen. Uh, Deadpool, of course, is scheduled for release on Blu-ray May 10th, and the potential release dates for Deadpool 2 
are either October 6, 2017 or January 12th, 2018, which are the two open dates that Fox currently has for their Marvel films. Again, Deadpool 2 gets the green light either October 6, 2017 or January 12th, 2018. Of course, uh, for those of you looking forward to Daredevil when it hits uh, home video, DVD or Blu-ray or digital, uh, it's going to be hitting Blu-ray May 10th, 2016. I'm sure that's going to also be DVD. Uh, for those of you that are digital, um, you know, digital media owners, you're probably going to get that a couple of weeks earlier. Hell, you might get it at the end of April uh, just to obviously give you guys the upper hand versus those of us that are still buying uh, physical media. But again, Deadpool hits Blu-ray May 10th, 2016. Anyway, that's going to wrap up the entertainment segment for this week, and it's going to wrap up the show as well. I've given you guys my take on gaming and entertainment on this week's episode of MTR. As always, I would love to hear your opinions, your thoughts, and your take Feel free to reach out via Twitter at MyTakeRadio or at Rage underscore Works. Uh, shout out to Javon Lewis, one of our longtime listeners, who always reaches out and shares his thoughts and gives his opinions on some of the stuff we discuss. I'm always I'm always ready to hear from you guys, whether it's through social media, email, or uh, any of the other channels. I like definitely mixing it up with you guys and hearing what you guys have to say. Uh, if you're a Facebook user, you can find My Take Radio on the RageWorks Facebook uh, uh, Rageworks is on official Rageworks on Facebook. Uh, what? Wow. Let me bludgeon. Let me just rewind that. Rageworks is on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash official Rageworks. I think I, I definitely need to get some sleep. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram and Snapchat. As for this show and any of our previous shows, you can find them in podcast format on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Video archives are available on our YouTube channel, Official Rageworks. Whew, there you go. Last but not least, uh, make sure if you haven't moved over from My Take Radio TV, we are going to be uh, retiring that channel probably May 1st or second week of May, depending on how it goes. So if you haven't already, please head over to Official Rageworks on YouTube and subscribe there. All right, guys, I will see you guys for episode 350 of my take radio uh, next Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern 8 p.m. Pacific. Thank you guys for tuning in. I am out of here. Peace.